Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, this is David Frangioni, CEO and publisher of Modern Drummer Magazine. So excited about our new podcast, The Modern Drummer Podcast. This weekly podcast will bring Modern Drummer to life. Sit back and enjoy fresh, fun, and insightful conversations with today's top drummers, producers, musicians, beat makers, and craftsmen. Whether you're a professional, a hobbyist, drummer, musician, programmer, producer, or just love music, this show is for you. Every other week, the Modern Drummer Podcast will feature world-renowned producer, songwriter, and drummer, Narda Michael Walden. Narda Michael Walden's Upbeat is featured exclusively on the Modern Drummer Podcast.
great friend, a modern drummer, and a drum hero of Billy and mine, and I'm sure you you as well, Jerry Brown. Welcome, Jerry. Yay. David, David, Billy, thank you so much for having me. And uh, for those who are viewing, welcome, welcome. Hope everybody's doing well. You know, uh, even though things are down, I hope you, you know, just still kind of practicing. You know, we got to do something. Gotta yeah, we got to stay healthy and positive, and I think we're getting closer, so it's, it's, it's a good thing. Hey, listen, I never thought I would say this, showing my age. It's like, it's kind of good to be, in my case, 69, because I'm going to get a, I get a vaccine one, my first vaccine one week from today. Nice. That's great. God bless you, man. You're in great shape. Hey man, I'm trying. The last time I saw you guys, uh, which was maybe about almost 13 months ago, I was probably mm, like around 235 or something like that. So at, uh, today I'm 205. So I've been, you know, walking. Okay, yeah, I can't can't play like on a gig, but walking and stuff like that. And and Wherever, I never thought about it, you know, uh, until about seven, eight months ago, resistance bands. That's so, you know, you put in the time, it works. Wow. And, uh, and, and at this time, uh, this year, you were supposed to be out, you were supposed to be out with Diana Ross, correct? Yeah, I was supposed to be out with a diva. How did she, how did, how did she take all this as well? <laughs> You know, she's she's in you know she's in the uh, diva bubble. You know, so yeah. So, you know, she I'm I'm sure she's doing fine. Um, I sure would like you know uh, I I've reached out to her a couple times, and I'm sure she gets you know uh, you know she gets emails or, or messages and stuff. But you know, I'm I'm sure she's got other things going on. But I. I haven't heard anything contrary that you know that she's not doing okay. So I'm uh, I'm assuming the best. And do you think uh, she'll go back out to perform now when, when it's possible to do I, it? I, I would I would think so. Uh, and and uh, I'm I'm actually kind of waiting to see something on on Twitter, you know, because now she she's she's 76. And she'll be 77 uh, in March. So I would imagine uh, if she hasn't gotten a uh, vaccine yet, she will be getting one very, very soon. You know, it's, it's interesting. I want, I want to bring this point up because um, we, we don't tend to have this conversation a lot. And this is a good way to lead into it. Um, how people, you see, like, people probably think automatically that, you know, people that you tour with, um, you know, anyone, you, you, you included, that they get to speak to everybody, you know, all the time. They just pick up the phone and they're in constant communication. And it's not always the case, you know, and that's what makes it really a, a business. And sometimes people don't understand that business end of, of, of what it actually is. You know, that, that's, that's really your boss, you know, and a lot of people don't, they don't, they don't associate that. And I remember back in the day, having a conversation with um, Bashiri Johnson, you know, the great percussion player. Yes. And he had just started playing with Whitney Houston. And of course, you know, we all loved Whitney and we were like, oh, wow, that's going to be a great gig, which was a great gig. 
And then I remember talking to him and saying, how's he going? You know, how's Whitney? And, you know, he, he had told me that, you know, he hardly sees her. She flies on her own plane. The band flies, you know, on their own plane. He sees her on stage. She's, sometimes she's not even at soundcheck. And then the same thing with John Blackwell when he was playing with Prince. You know, it's not like I'd ask him, you know, can you ask Prince something, uh, find out something for me? And he go, oh, man, I, I can't. I got to I got to make an appointment with his lawyer and then his manager. And so how do you advice for, for the up and coming drummers that are going out on the road now as sidemen like that? What advice would you give them? Well, the, the, the advice is being aware uh, that that you are you are an employee. Uh, you are not indispensable. Stay in your lane. Know your boundaries, right? Know, know, know the boundaries, know the hierarchy and how that, how that, how that works. You know, who's, you know, where certain, where, where certain people are. Uh, and then just, and then also for yourself, you know, being on time because, you know, you're representing yourself and you're representing the people that you work for. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to be, you don't want to be late and, and to be sometimes late or that, you know, that doesn't work because again, you are, you know, things, things can happen and, you know, just realizing that of, if you on some, you know, some of, you know, some of these, you know, big name, you know, gigs and not, not even big name, but, you know, uh, there, there are people who would love to have your gig. Now, what about like with Stevie, how did the Stevie Wonder gig come, come, you were with Stevie for like, what, 12, 13, 14 years? Yes. Yeah, yeah, like 13 years. So, okay, so the, 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 the story about the uh, Stevie Wonder was before Stevie, I was playing with the, the great guitarist, uh, George Benson. And I remember at a few shows that the, the uh, uh, I, I remember seeing Nathan Watts, who is Stevie's uh, bassist and musical director, I, I saw him, I knew, I knew him, but I saw him and I saw a gentleman next to him who I didn't know at, at that time, but later found out that that was uh, uh, Stevie Wonder's half brother. So I saw him at a couple of, uh, of, of, of shows and, and this was like in 1990, 1991. So, and, and at that time, just to give you uh, an idea, uh, uh, Dennis Davis, was playing drums with Stevie wow. at that time. So then it, it, it came, it, Nate Watts gave me a call and said, Jay Brown, <laughs> Jay Brown. Hey man, Stevie wanted to want you to come by, man. Yeah, yeah. Man wants you to have an audition. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so tell me, tell me, the, you know, the particulars. And uh, uh, as it turned out, 
I was to meet at, at, uh, at Stevie's studio, which was in, in LA, uh, somewhere uh, along Wilshire Boulevard. Um, can't remember the exact address, but, but anyway, I was to meet in there and uh, I was to be there at midnight. So not thinking so much, you know, the, the midnight thing, but okay, midnight. So, uh, and, he, and he told me, you know, when this was to happen and from that time that he told me that uh, it was like maybe a month, uh, maybe three weeks. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I was very familiar with Stevie Wonder's music, but I was thinking, Man, I really need to dive into this. Really, really focused. So, and, and, uh, and I didn't have to bring any, you know, just had to bring sticks in myself. So I'm there about, you know, 15 minutes uh, before midnight. I go in and, in the studio and so I'm warming up. So next thing is okay, 12 o'clock. Next thing, 12.30. And one o'clock. <laughs> one thirty. <laughs> Two o'clock. Oh my gosh. We came in around just around three o'clock in the morning. Hey everybody, hey, hey everybody. How's, how's everybody doing, you know? Hey, uh so I also like, I'm like, oh, Mr. Wonder, Mr. Wonder, Mr. Wonder, how are you? And Jerry Brown, oh, man, how you doing? You know, sticks his hand out and starts, you know, shake his hand. Cool, 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 man. Come on, man, let's, 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 let's sit down and do something, you know? And so, okay, so, so I'm waiting for him to call tunes. Now, did this make you waiting? Did that make you more nervous or less nervous? Oh, a little more nervous. I would think, yeah. Yeah, it made me it made me more. Because you're thinking about it now. It's too much thinking. Yeah, and 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 in that thinking was like, did I listen? Oh yeah, did I listen to this song enough? Or you know, just think, you know, he's got a huge repertoire. As it turned out, he didn't play anything of his song. However, I, I, I got to understand, oh yeah, yeah, Nate Watts was there as well, but I got to understand that being that of his, you know, that, that he's blind, he wants to see how big your ears are and how, how fast you can make changes and if you're watching them. So we played for like an hour. He would play riffs. He would break it down. He would go, he would go into odd meters. <coughs> he, 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 he would play in this like, like oh. come down and stuff. So it was, it was basically uh, my my this session was to see how well I can adapt on the fly. And many times, or I'll, I'll just explain it this way. Uh, with Stevie, you could, have a, you could have a set list and you would have a set list 
However, if the blind man wants to change it, what are you going to do? <laughs> Keep your eyes on the blind man. He, you know, he, and you, you know, over the, over the years, you know, just finding, seeing these idiosyncrasies of how he would cut things off or, or, or what have you. So, you know, I, I got to know that, but, uh, it know, took it, some it, getting used to probably at first. It, it took, you know, getting used to, and, and he, he would not under any, really a very, very few circumstances. If he's playing a song and he may break that song down, normally would break it down and then would go into another song. And the time has got to be right. So it's like between watching Stevie and Nate Watts as the musical director and bassist and myself, that, that was, that was the line. So I had you. You had to be on point. Speaking of him as a drummer, I mean, we over the years we've gotten so many, you know, people that we interview, people we speak to, you know, other drummers, other musicians. You know, they all rave about his drumming. So you were there firsthand with him, and um, let's talk, talk. Tell me just, you know, briefly. You know, I, there's a YouTube video of you two guys doing duet drum solo together, which if anybody didn't see that, they should look that up. I think it's just Stevie Wonder, Jerry Brown duet. And it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. Well, you know, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is, but it's 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 pretty uh, it's pretty awesome. Well, you know, he's. You know, he he, he has in some ways a. a it, you know, it's it's not it's 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 uh, uh, it's not really like a typical grip uh, of what you would normally see of, of how drummers are holding their hands. However, this attitude of what he wants, it, it comes across. And I, I, I guess this is all part of, uh, of not being able to, to see as we do, but I, I, you could say maybe just feeling the frequency of, of, of uh, where, where the toms are set and, and, and where the symbols may be. And, you know, he, he knew, he, he knew, knew all about that. There would be times uh, in, in sound checks where you have maybe like an hour and a half sound check and then uh, he have his uh, assistant would come up to him by the piano and then all of a sudden he'd stand up and then he put his arm like that and, and then our assistant starts working their way back to the drum so it's like I, i'm immediately it's like <laughs> <laughs> okay so 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 he, he's going to come and sit down so he sit down and, and then he do and then he do like this and it's like oh put the sticks there <laughs> okay wow uh stevie do you know where everything is of course i know where everything is. <laughs> Okay, okay, you know, and then, and then he played for like five or ten minutes, and he'd be happy, and then and then the system would be right there, and it's like take him down, and it's like, and he, you know, he had his own style because of of 
playing differently. You know, Prince um, Prince does a, did a great does a great imitation of of him playing drums. Um, and he, you know, John Blackwell as you know, good yes. late great John Blackwell. He uh, he 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 kind of says the same thing like you, like Prince. Um, you know, he would he would walk over to John trying to tell John, you know, a certain part that he wanted John to play, and John may not be getting it right away, and Prince would go get up, get up, and he would just grab the sticks and he would sit down and he would play it, and he'd hand the sticks back to John, and John would be like, oh man, now, now if you don't get it, then you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and Stevie, Steve would tell me things. He didn't really, he, he didn't get up and then come back and show me, but he would he would sing it. And it's like, oh, okay, okay. And it's like, oh, okay. It's it's got to, it, you know, it's got to be just like that. That's how he wants it. So you know, there was, you know, just immense respect for you know his musicality. And, and, and I, I must share this with you and, and to all those who are listening, you know, beside the Stevie fans, you know, but, but the Prince fans. And that was, I want to say like in 1995 or 96. And, and maybe some of 97. In, in those years of, that, that I remember and that there would be sometimes that we're doing a sound check and Prince would show up and he'd be the only one in the audience. And we'd just have a sound check and Prince would just be sitting there. It's like kind of like, like just checking everything out. Finish the sound check. Uh, we deal and I you know I heard that you know Prince would be back and you know hanging with Stevie and then maybe a half an hour before we go on and then the band starts you know we're all dressed and we start congregating by the stage and, and Prince would be over in the corner and we make we would make eye contact and I you know I knew not to, to go over anything but it's like I, I'd see him it's like Yeah. He had big, he had huge respect for, for Stevie. He loved, he loved Stevie and Stevie loved, loved, loved princes. Yep. I mean, we all, we all did. And, you know, and John Blackwell was, I think, you know, he was a good drummer for Prince, you know, 14, 14 years, 14 years. And you 12, 13, 14 years with Stevie Wonder, that just goes to show you guys, you know, like you say, you could be replaced, but oh no! Hey, 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 hey! Look hey. who's here! Look oh, who's surprising! What's here. up? What's up? Every, my brother. This is, this is Carlo Guzman. <laughs> Drum tech oh, started with Jerry. Started with Jerry. <laughs> I'm here because of Jerry. If it wasn't for Jerry, I would not be here. I gotta tell everybody out here, whoever's watching this thing. Jerry Brown was the intro to the production business and had to start with Stevie Wonder. So, I mean, how much better? I mean, there is no like little jobs. You have to go to the best, you know. And and Jerry, I mean, I, I love you, man. He's he's my brother. He's my brother. Yeah. I mean, my brother, man. My brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. 
we wanted that we wanted him to come on and surprise you. Oh uh, yeah, uh, well done. Well done. <laughs> it's been too long, but at least we can see each other. That's the best part about it. I mean, hey, it's, you know. it's it's precious. And I I said to uh, David and Billy, it's like, you know, it was like thirteen months, almost thirteen months ago that you know of that picture that when we all had dinner, and just how precious it is, you know, you. You know, you you have that moment, these moments that are documented, and yeah, you you know, considering with with COVID and all that, you know, they're truly, truly priceless. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to teach people to appreciate the time that that we all spend together because um, it shows you how how valuable time is. That's for sure. Well, it's been. I started with Jerry in 1998. So I've known Jerry since 1998, and I mean he he really he really taught me the business. I mean he put well, me. In that, that's what I wanted to I wanted to say. What what was it like like sitting like on the side of the stage stage watching Jerry every night? It 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 definitely is. It it shows you what a true professional sounds like. We always hear. And we always see like, you know, musicians in locally and stuff like that, which are amazing. But when you see the true giants, uh, you know, Stevie and Jerry and, and Dugu, and I mean, anybody that showed up, you know, to a Stevie gig, to a Dinah Ross gig, they were the best of the best. And they, you know, you, as soon as they start to play, you can say, okay, I understand now, you know, and I learned more by, I became a better musician just by listening to Jerry than I than having to play because I would just take something and then take it to bring it back and go, okay, that little thing that he did by not even playing could work for me over here. And if it wasn't for Jerry and being around the type of musicians that, that Stevie employed and the type of technicians that, that, uh, that Stevie employed, I became a great drum tech because of the technicians that were the best in the business and what was so amazing was like okay i would set up jerry's drums at a gig no matter where and after i would set them up and tune them up i would go out while they were doing the sound check i would go out front to the front of house manager or the front of house engineer and i go how's those drums sounding and then he really appreciated the fact that he i was trying to make his job sound that much better and he says, ah, that third time's a little out. And I could hear out front what was going on. So thanks to, to Jerry and being a drum tech, I was able to do both. I was able to go out front. I was able to hear what the drum sounded on stage. I was out, able to hear how the drum sounded to me playing them. And then, so I got them all. I said, okay, if I hit them a certain way and then I hear them on stage, and then I go out front and I hear how they sound through a sound system. Then that gave me all the different variables that I was able to work out. And I worked with the best engineers in the world. I mean, Danny Lake was like Stevie's true engineer for years. When we went to Diana Ross, I worked with Lars Brogard from Major Tom. I mean, a tremendous engineer. And I still remember when I first started working with Diana with Jerry on drums, 
on the first gig, he saw me like doing my thing up on stage. And he came to me later and says, I know it. I know that you know what you're doing. Just from being working with Jerry, you know, I mean, that kind of experience that you can gain from working with the best in the world, it's it's priceless. It's absolutely yeah, that, that that is the best that is the best schooling. There's no schooling like being right on the premises and, and doing it. And obviously, Jerry uh, Carlos did a great job because you took him on tour again with uh, Diana. Well, yeah. Well, not, well, not you know, not only is you know, yeah, Carlos is great, but it's 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 in that greatness, the fact that he was aware of the subtleties that most that many people may miss, and that he was aware. It's like he's take he was taking notes. He was, you know, he, you know, he, he, he just saw things, and then, I don't, you know, he did, he did the extra things that maybe others may not think about, you know, like to go out in front, to speak with the front of house engineer, those things, it, it all adds up. Right. So, so he, you know, he was doing his homework. And he was looking at all the variables, whatever situations that we were in. So you know, when, when we went to Japan, I, I was Stevie's drum tech because that was the only time that Stevie ever played drums was, was in Japan. He never played in the States for the gigs that we were on. And how humbling it is to be next to that genius, listening to how he plays. And, and, you know, having to work for him, you know, and he, he doesn't see you. So, you know, you're, you're equal to him, you know, and the fact that he never really turned around and said, this isn't right or something was, was amazing. You know, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the compliment right know. there. Yeah. Well, I, I got to say your current boss, congratulations. Uh, your current boss is, it does pretty well. And, and you've been working with him for quite a while, Barry Gibb. Yeah. And, uh, Shout out to Barry and Steven. I mean, as you know, everybody's been talking about the BG, the HBO BG uh, documentary. Yeah, just yeah, that, is, that is a wonderful documentary. It really and is. I've, I've been very blessed. I've been very blessed. That, and being with Jerry, I wanted, I, I set a goal of myself to just work with the legends of the business. And so I ended up, you know, and, and that's where my path really kind of started because I started with Stevie, then after 9-11, uh, Stevie didn't work for a while, so Diana called, and Jerry went to Diana. And it's just like anything else in this business. If if you do a really good job, you want to be around the people that, that make you feel good. So instantly, Jerry called me. He said, hey, this gig's open. So I was with Diana for, for six years, over six and a half years. And at the same time, the people from, uh, there was the production manager, uh, from Hank Jr. was on the lightened crew of Stevie Wonder. And he called me and he said, <laughs> hey, you know, Hank Jr. is doing some dates in the summer. Do you want to come out and do things with us? So, I mean, that's how I got the gig. You know, everything comes through Jerry. Everything, my, my start in his business started through Jerry because of relationships that I, I still hold dear to this day. 
started with the back in 98, you know, with, with uh, Stevie Wonder. So, you that's know, fantastic. I, yeah, I owe him everything. Fantastic. You know, absolutely. Well, that's why, that's why I wanted you here. So, you know, I'm happy it, it, to. You know, so, 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 uh, uh, Billy, so uh, at this time, uh, it was in 1995 that there was, there was a, there was a, 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 a person dear to my heart and I, I had been living in Los Angeles and this person lived in Miami. So I made the move. And it seems as though the week that I made that move, driving across 10, going from west to east, Russ Miller <laughs> yeah. was, was, was going the other way. That same, evidently that same week. So I, uh, uh, is it the Resurrection Drums? The Resurrection Drums. Yeah. Resurrection Drums, yep. Jeff Lee. So, 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 so that's where I first met Carlos. And, and let me tell you, I came home, you know, and many people know I was a policeman, you know, down at that time and, and down in South Florida. And, and back then, that's when we had answering machines. And we lived for answering machines, you know. <laughs> so I come home one day and and I click on the machine as I, as I normally do when I get home. And I hear, hey, this is Jerry Brown. And Russ Miller told me to give you a call because, uh, you know, you're, you know, one of the guys that think you can help me. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I, I stopped the machine and I rewind. I said, Jerry Brown? I said, it's, it can't be the Jerry Brown, you know. <laughs> the governor of Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah. The Stanley Clark's cool days, you know. I mean, it can't be that guy, you know. And sure enough, it was Jerry. And that's how it kind of started was, you know, through. We, we, we started so, and, and, you know, the resurrection drums. And then, yeah. and then shortly thereafter, it's like, hey, Carlos. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. You know, uh, what do you think about the, you know, becoming my drum tech? And you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm just imagining he was, you know, like flabbergasted. And yeah, he, he you know, he was, uh, uh, was it in Hialeah? Yeah, Hialeah. City Hialeah. So, so it that all worked out where he could he could get time. He, uh, to, uh, uh, yeah, I would take time off. I would, I would get vacation time or comp days or sick days or whatever. I was with Jerry for, I mean, you know, and Stevie for two years. And I mean, literally. And this is time, why, this is, this is why you were still as, on the police force? As a policeman. And I wow. would go ahead and I would go ahead because at the time, Jerry, uh, Stevie was just doing corporates, one-offs, you know, very short tours of, you know, four, three or four days. So I put in the time and then I would leave, go do my thing, come back home, maybe on a Sunday night at 11 o'clock at night. And Monday morning, I was in the police car, room, you know, going wow. over, you know, because I, I, I was thinking ahead already of going, when I do retire, this is a career that I kind of like enjoy. And I'm already established within this business, you know, not one of these things that when you end up retiring, then you go, well, what am I going to do now? You know, I, I'm already, I was thinking already like two years ahead of time on what I was going to do when I retired. And because well, of my, love, you know, 
Carlos. Yes, sir. Hey, David. Los Maestros, as I Yes, sir. That's you. my here's my here's my new boss down here. Right? I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's a collaboration. Um, new boss, same as the old boss. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it wasn't for David, I wouldn't have done the Carl Palmer, uh, you know, spectacular at at uh, Guzman Hall. And he, you know, I mean, David and I have done some great things together down here. I mean, and he's really, you know, he really has. He's done a fantastic job down in South Florida. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that very much. Um, what would you give for wisdom? What wisdom would you pass on to guys that want to get into the drum tech world? And uh, I know you've taken it so much further. I mean, you're a tour right. manager. You're a very high level well, uh, I, artist. I, I, organization. This is funny now. This is getting really scary because he just read my mind because he asked you that, but I was yeah. going to first ask Jerry, what right. are the five most important things that you expect from a drum tech? And then I was going to ask you to elaborate on that. So David, right. me and David, that's a little scary. <laughs> well, this well, happens to you, you and me all the time, man. That's 35 years together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, if anybody really wants to do it, I, it, it almost came as a... Uh, as a surprise because I really all I really wanted to be and that's was basically a drum drum uh, drum tech to the stars like Steve Gadd or or uh you know or Vinny or anybody else that's huge and through the sessions I met Harry McCarthy who was the, one of the best drum techs in the world he was uh, with Bruce Springsteen and now he's with Keith Urban and I went and I met him in uh, Nashville and I said, Jerry, uh, uh, Harry, I want to be you. I want to be you one day that Steve or Benny or any of these people that are like the best in the business call to be a drum tech. And that's reality. And he, he sat back and he says, Carlos, let me tell you something. I said, word in this business is everything. I've been hearing about you. I've been hearing about you. And all you, all you got to do is keep doing what you do. And one day the phone will ring and Vinny or Max or anybody else. Christmas, just before Christmas, like two days before Christmas, I'm at home watching Seinfeld. Phone rings, it's Max Weinberg. And Max calls me, he says, hey, Carlos, uh, you know, Harry recommended you to do uh, this, this gig in, in South Florida. Can you work for me? And I just looked at the phone and I'm going, just like Harry said. So what I, I should, uh, what I would recommend is that if you really want to be a drum tech, start small, anywhere around town, working for the local drummers, learning how to do it. Because one of the main things that a drum tech has to, has to really come to grips with, the drums that you're setting up, the drums that you're tuning is not your drums. You got to take yourself out of it. You got to make the drummer feel great, you know, and then later on start working on, well, maybe they don't sound too good, but the beginning, you set them up exactly how they want to be and have tune them how they want it to be, not to your taste. And that's where it makes it a big difference. And secondly, if you want to be a drum tech, be a drum tech. Don't be a drum tech thinking you're going to get the gig and be a drummer later on. No rock star roadies. Absolutely not. Look, that does happen. 
there's been a couple of drum techs that have become drummers, you know. Well, that's and that, and that was really yeah. only out of necessity because if somebody right. injured got injured or somebody got hurt, you right? Know. Exactly. That's that's fine and dandy, but you shouldn't become a drum tech thinking that you're going to become you know the cover of a modern drummer because you're a drum tech first. Being a drum tech is very lofty. It's very, it has comes with tremendous responsibilities, but then you get to work with the best in the business. And Jerry is not just a client. Jerry is my friend. You know, we call each other all the time. We see each other all the time. He is like, like you said, he's the, the brother from another mother. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I mean, well, we, let, 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 before before we let you go, Carlos, I want to elaborate. I want Jerry now to, as as an artist um, perspective. What like three main things? Uh, like absolute must that a tech like that you are happy about the 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 aware the uh, awareness of 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 their surroundings and that and and of of that kit which is in front of them and that they have you know it's 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 almost like a very much uh as as if it's like any like nascar indy car formula one it's like the main mechanic and they know the nuts and bolts of what you've got so he's absolutely 100 percent carlos observant so that's number one <laughs> Number two, not only do they know their business, but they're, that they're personable and, and that they can play, they have the facility. And then speaking of Carlos, just, just noticing of the extra things, not, not so much taking, taking care of, man, I need like, I need this, I need that. But it's like, oh, he, I saw, it's like he tuned the drums. Here, how's 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 this how's this sound? Good. And then I'd see him leave, and then I'd see him walking up the aisle to the front of the house, and it's like, oh, so this is really going from me, <laughs> from Carlos to me, and my sound is going out there. And what he's doing, it's making my job easier, so that I'm, I'm you know I'm hearing what 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 I need. It's feeling right. So those, again, those small things, you know, and, and, and so much detail. detail. And I heard, you know, I heard so much from Carlos, like, I mean, I would be on time, but I said, man, and you, you almost have to be there 15 to 20 minutes before and stuff to really be on time and stuff. So it's like, this, this guy is on it. So it's like, and, and he knew that he's representing himself you know, we're connected. He's representing me. He's representing his boss. He's representing the United States of America. Wherever he's going. One of my favorite, favorite things about Nam has always been Yamaha Groove Night. And that's how me and Jerry first met and became friends way, way back in the day. And I used to love when Jerry used to play Groove Night. And not only because I knew it was good, I was going to see a great performance because I loved the way he played, 
but also to sit backstage and just have a conversation with him because Jerry is so smart and he knows, he knows how to speak to people. He has very good people skills. And I know there was things that I learned just from hanging out backstage, you know, getting something to eat or something to drink backstage. And, and I learned that from Jerry. So Billy, thank you, man. But, and, and I mean, it, you know, what, what you said about those groove nights, man, it, it's just heartfelt because there's just something about drummers that, that, you know, just bad ass drummers and stuff. They can be in a room and everybody's just talking. Everybody, you know, it's, it's so warm. It's a family. It's it's a groove family. I I I don't think that really happens so much in on you know like other instruments. No, we because we used to hear that at the festival all the time at the uh, Modern Drummer Festival. It, it's not drummers. They are they are that you know. There's a certain. It, it's just they're warm towards each other. They help each other. It's just there there is no other community like like the drummer community and. That was a killer band, the house band, Dave Spinoza. I mean, all, all those guys, um, Ralph McDonald, and, and then Rick Marauder, of course, being the host. Right. You know, the clown, the clown that he is. He just, he was the, he was perfect. And of course, that night there were drummers that you know you wouldn't ordinarily see in that situation just playing a groove. You happen to be one of the greatest groove players, so of course that's what was expected of you there but there were a lot you know there were a lot of drummers that they had a groove that was that was the rule with joe testa thank you joe for putting that together with rick and that was the rule you know no drum solos just songs Now, how did it feel to play the Olympics with uh, Lionel Richie in 1984? You played the the Olympics, right? In, in, I played, in Japan. I played, played played the played the Olympics, and um, was that in Japan? Where was that? No, no, that was in the uh, Los Angeles Coliseum. Oh, okay. However, you know they, uh, I don't think they were so far ahead in uh, like with with with, with uh, uh, media and it's like, yeah, they, they had, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they had uh, Lionel there, but they didn't, they didn't really show, show the band, but to play, you know, in, in that, in that instance, there was probably like a hundred thousand people there. And, and it wasn't no track. <laughs> 
no track. We playing lot. So yeah, that was, you know, another price, another uh, really, really priceless moment. Um, yeah, at the LA Coliseum. Oh, and, and I have a picture somewhere at, uh, at one of the rehearsals. I, I must say, I do take a little pride in this, that I got a picture of myself with four of the uh, uh, LA Raiders uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> on the sideline. Oh, the, the cheerleaders? The cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was uh, you know one of the, one of those great moments. Great moments. Yeah, that was cool. And then how long? Then you toured with Lionel for a while, right? I, I toured with Lionel from '83 uh, to to '86. Uh, uh, wow. And and, and then. Um, and I actually saw that tour, Jerry. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. That was arenas. That was like, he was at the, you know, he's been at the top for many, many years, but that was, he was, it was all night long and that kind of thing. And it was uh, absolutely incredible. And I'm trying to remember what you were playing. I want to say Sabian. He was playing Sabian and he was playing Gretsch drums. Gretsch. It was Sabian and Gretsch. Okay. Got it. And then Paul Jameson. The great Paul Jameson was their drum tech with uh, Sheila E on percussion, and then later on it was Pete, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Peter Michael because because uh, Sheila went to the Prince camp to the Prince, right? Whatever. And just a little known fact, Paul, I met through Jerry again. Going back to Jerry, Paul is the one that anointed me the word los. He looked at me and he met me and this was in LA and he says, Carlos, nah, nah, you're just like, you know, I mean, just like straight out of Animal House. Your name is Los. And <laughs> man, it stuck. It really did. So Paul Jameson is, is the person behind Los. And he was, uh, uh, for those who don't know, Jeff Beccaro's uh, yep. main guy. He's the one that designed the uh, drum rack. Well, yeah, before no, we let before we let you go, um, I know you, you grew up with your good friend bass player John Lee, and I didn't know this as I didn't know that you made as many solo albums. Yeah, we made yeah, we we had some solo albums. We 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 yeah we did maybe four or five solo albums, and uh, we uh, participated in, uh, in, which was uh, a, a monumental moment and and I, I hope this film comes out i think the the gentleman's name is ernesto castellanos but we performed with the cbs jazz all-stars and richard t was in that band and the great eric gale we we were at the uh havana jam oh yeah i've been hearing we've been getting press releases and then it it was rolling for a while because I think Billy Joel, I think Liberty was involved in that yes. as well. I think Billy Joel yep. played it. Yeah. And then yep. and then we didn't hear anything about it anymore. Yeah, I hope that film does come out because I heard the footage is incredible. Yeah, Bill, Billy Joel was was there. Rita Coolidge, Chris Christopherson. Uh, did I say Billy Joel? Uh, 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 Stan Getz. Uh, uh, oh, weather report with Jocko. Jo oh, the, the, trio, the, the trio of doom. Yeah. Well, listen, 
I know we could stay on for hours. Uh, your career, Jerry, has just been phenomenal. And, and um, people should check out those, those John Lee, uh, Jerry Brown records um, because uh, I, I, they're very cool. I, I, I didn't know myself. I, I knew of you know, some songs, but I didn't know that there were that many albums. So people should check that out. And of course, hopefully we'll see you again uh, when you. Diana goes out. We, but even before you, then, Jim. hopefully we'll get together. Carlos, thank you, yeah. thank thank you, you so for much for, for coming in. And, and Carlos, what a surprise, man. My brother. My brother. <laughs> Love you, man. Love you, man. Love you too, guys. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, David, for inviting me. Thank it was definitely much. an honor. Thank, thank you, you Billy. Thank you, Carlos. And thank you, Jerry Brown. Amazing. Great to see you again. Everyone stay safe from Modern Drummer. Stay safe. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you everybody for watching this week's modern drummer podcast stay tuned for next week's episode exclusively on podcast one until then stay safe and healthy and thanks for listening and watching when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.